Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, music lovers. The Cannamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com It is 420 somewhere. Thanks for joining me, everybody. I'm Mickey 420, your uh, accidental canvas journalist and just overall dude. We're going to have Michael Sofis joining us today. We're going to be talking about policy and uh, uh, he's got a PhD, which is pretty dope. What up, Michael? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. So so you're part of Cannabis Policy Project. Is that what the program? Close. Cannabis Public Policy Consulting. Right on. And what do you guys do? Like, what's the... What are you guys trying to figure out there? So we work with uh, we work with over twenty states uh, to help bring the cannabis legalization on board, uh, and we've kind of transitioned as legalization has matured to helping them sort of optimize their legalization sort of uh, implementation in terms of both public health and uh, market outcomes. So, like public health, uh, are you trying to like? I mean, now you have what? 15, 18 recreational states. Mm-hmm. 
30 medical states you know with those medical states though you have people who aren't giving out information like freely right so you're kind of like part speculation part now you have these recreational states that are uh no one died right can you <laughs> tell me like in any of these states who who overdosed so far or whatever well, well we um to that point, so like in the last week, we've recruited about 11,000 Americans across illegal medical and adult use states roughly evenly that, and we're about to release a report in the next week or two. That's one of the largest, if not the largest that's ever been done on public health outcomes across mm. different types of legalization states or you know, jurisdictions. Okay. And what we found is actually that on average, this is a spoiler alert, but actually legal states have lower eight like um so folks begin using cannabis later they drive under the influence less mm. and use use like half as many days like seven days less per month of cannabis so a lot of these things that were brought up initially as kind of the fear-mongering about cannabis legalization sure actually showing in a very like rigorous scientific fashion is actually not happening kind of like the kids thing right like the kids are gonna start um you know like but it's, it's like I, I think at least from my perspective please think of the children yeah <laughs> and then will you be able to find that over at your guys's site here yeah. cannabis yeah. public policy consulting.com yeah yeah exactly give us a give us a week and it's uh i think it's embargoed right now like the report but mm. it's not soon uh yeah it's pretty cool um it's you know a lot a lot of people across the u.s that provided this data so it's it's really neat to see um, because it, when you add in all these other things, right, social equity, economic impacts, it really kind of suggests like what's going, you know, it really is kind of designed for like so, sort of the more conservative folks, like federally, like in terms of mm. politically. Yeah. Um, like that's your, that's your bread and butter is the public health. And if that's not clearly there, then what's, what's, what's the angle, you know, for, for yeah. not supporting federal legalization. Yeah. But, but then with all the data. Yeah. It's ever been done. And then like, as so, and I'm just so jaded and cynical after like, you yeah. know, over so many years. Uh, and then you just, you say like, oh yeah, but then what about that study from the forties or that one from the fifties? Yep. The exactly. one from the sixties, yeah. one from the seventies, those other ones from the eighties and then those new ones from the nineties. And then, uh, you know, that's what we found out about the endocannabinoid system and all that stuff. And then there are other ones that continue yeah. to come out. Like, you know, you guys had that patent on it. Uh, at which point, Will the people who just have thrown up their hands and they don't even want to listen to your facts actually listen to the facts you think? Oh my God, that's like a really mm. good question. That's tough. I mean, I, you know, um, I think there is some slow momentum starting to build where folks are starting to realize, like, I mean, we started doing a lot of sort of counter pieces where I, you know, I've published like, you know, 26 scientific like formal papers, right? Like in scientific journals. But I see these papers coming out where folks will say things like this one came out literally last week and it was like, oh, you know, um, youth, um, you know, it was like 16, I think to 25, or something along those lines, you know, they're they're using less alcohol and cannabis, but then, you know, these folks, folks 21 to 20, 21 to 50 or something, you know, are using, you know, more after legalization. And then, you know, folks older than that aren't using any different. And the, the conclusion was like, recreational legalization is leading to more co-occurring alcohol and cannabis use. It's like, that's literally the opposite of what you're finding showed. So I can't answer that directly. But what I can say is that there is growing momentum among scientists to not just um, quickly sort of assume that legalization is is negative. Yeah. 
I don't know how people are going to perceive it, though, and I do worry sometimes that we've lost but a lot of folks. A lot. Don't you, don't you guys think though, like, like I, the 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 fear mongering part, the the hyperbole bullshit, that mm -hmm. uh, the worst case scenario thing, right? Like yeah, yeah. legalization is like the, you're going to smoke weed all day and play video games, right? Yeah, like, exactly. like, God forbid, like I just enjoy myself. <laughs> yeah. The apathy hypothesis has been pretty strongly actually debunked. Like there's tons and tons of studies that have tried to show the you're going to be lazy and apathetic and it just doesn't it doesn't actually play out. I, I actually have a formal publication showing literally that people who use cannabis are actually more likely to persist sure. in behavioral patterns, like literally like mm. they're persisting more. So it's actually the opposite. Um, so I, I really think that stuff's pretty tired. And even the head of uh, the National Institute on Drug Abuse has sort of backed off of that sort of stuff recently because she's sure. realized that the findings aren't actually adding up in that direction. And now that they're actually going to be able to study the stuff, yeah, boy, I wonder how quickly they're going to you know, just turn tail and run for the other direction. Uh, it's nice to see after so many dang years that the tide of reason is turning when it comes to our which is just so full of yourself like you're going to criminalize nature yeah. you're going to say that not not an action but like a, you know consumption behavior is not, not like i'm going to go take your shit you know i'm going to injure you i'm going to take your life you know the ultimate uh, yeah. version of a crime uh, no no i'm going to sit here and i'm going to like make a cup of coffee and drink it and you're going to like arrest that person for doing it you know which makes no sense but uh, with the cannabis public policy consulting, uh, what types do you guys actually have types of policy and white papers that you're espousing? It's like we suggest, you know, regulating this plant like this. That's a good, really good question. So generally speaking, like we try to stay away from like formal declarations about stuff just because we work with state governments there's like a lot of red tape there in terms of how we what we formally say mm -hmm. what we do show in like our data and like in publicly available white papers and reports directly commissioned by state governments is is like we did one with uh maine and helped really turn their market into something that really got rid of a lot of the illicit market quickly and we show in the report that actually more like the more that folks were not using from the illicit market the more public health outcomes were better so they were driving well, less driving to the influence less cigarette smoking mm. um and, and less sort of like problematic cannabis use like kind of rely on it too much and so like these are things that you know this is completely separate from our like white this big report i, I was telling you guys about earlier so the odds that both of these things are happening separately are like zero. So what we've really kind of come across like somewhat like fortuitously in terms of like, I wasn't necessarily expecting it. I was kind of thinking that it was a possibility, but that is that the market outcomes, like a healthy market that gets into the illicit market, gets rid of it, or at least like pushes it aside. It's oh, really good for public health too. So like there's, there's real win-wins here that aren't, yeah. it's not like a zero sum game. Hmm. Michael, have you guys, have you, well, I got two questions for you, but the first in regards to like uh, the 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 influence of the on society per se. Uh, have you looked at these medical markets? Like here in Washington, when it was medical, there was a whole world. It was like a society, a subculture, right? That oh, yeah. no one knew about, no one cared. Right? <laughs> yeah. People were making shit tons of money. Uh, uh, people were going to dab bars. We were having yeah. events. Uh, uh, there were just things going on. We had dab buses. You know, people just smoking and hanging out and driving but in the, in the big picture no one cared or knew right no one yeah. because this thing was not eventful uh tom when he came to seattle hemp fest i tell him this is the most frustrating thing about prohibition and 
just even like the injustice of the, and biasness of this law is you're they want you to expect dumb shit, but nothing happens period it's yeah. not like this big you gather three hundred thousand people <laughs> we cleaned up we packed up and then we went to a bar to get messed up which was hilarious because we had been out at a cannabis consumption event without any alcohol like all day using the substance as was okay yeah and by the end of it you're like oh is that water yeah oh great and then you, you pack up oh the tents are good all right well and then you go to the after party and which there's also no no uh partaking of alcohol there because you're still on premises and then after that you're like well that was fun we'll see you guys tomorrow and then we went and had a beer yeah so, so, so what's what's the question? Well, I mean, like, have you guys looked at that that how that impacted the plant? Because we're talking, you're, you're talking about policy and society, yeah. and, and like yeah. how it reflects. And we're trying to we're trying to change minds of these 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 people who are making policy because they think the devil's lettuce is gonna like yeah. fry your brain and cause this like mass apocalypse of like like even with like soldiers, right? All these people talk about like oh, you can't let yeah. our soldiers because they're gonna be pacifists. No. I'll still shoot a motherfucker or whatever. I mean, like, I don't know what. So, yeah. So you guys are talking about like, so the, what we call them, there's a really good scientific article that came out like a, a couple of weeks ago. That was fantastic. This guy in, um, not far from you in Washington, up, up in uh, like Simon Fraser, I think university up in, in Canada, hmm. but he wrote a really cool thing. Kind of like, you know, it's, it's basically talking about these folks called the new, people call them the new prohibitionists. Right. So they'll say decrim's fine. Yeah, of course, right? Because, like, they can't not say that in today's world, right? Like, it's kind of like a first level, like, to even be, like, heard, you have to kind of say decrim, great. Yeah. Um, but then they but then they kind of, like, after that, everything is... I, I really think a lot of these folks, like, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the group SAM. Yeah, um, yes. No, like, Smart uh, Approach... What is it? Smart Approach for Marijuana? Is that yeah, what SAM yeah. stands for? They're, like, it's just a disaster. The opposite. Like, most ironically named organization that I can think of. Just Propaganda. Most though. ironically named. Oh, it's absolutely propaganda, and it's like it's it's so easy to, to disarm them scientifically. It's like it's like taking candy from a baby. I mean, it's like well, you know, I'm, glad, yeah. okay. I'm glad you mentioned Sam because my second question for you was, uh, like, are you a nonprofit? Who does your funding? Because like Sam gets funded through DEA because of bullshit grants and all the other yeah. like, like I don't think Kevin Sabat ever had a real job. You know what I'm saying? He figured out how to suck the American tit so well. But like, can yeah. you tell, like, what's behind your guys' group? The funding See, and all that stuff. Almost all of it's state funded. I mean, we have a handful of like nonprofit and stuff, but like, we don't like you know. And like our the survey we did, we just self funded it okay. for, for that very reason because we were worried that if if someone like you know some big lobbying group or what have you was going to come down and fund it, like it's it's a little bit understandably people would be a little skeptical about that, right? And so, but it's so difficult because like to do science is not free. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and like data, you just can't get like smart people that are going to do data anal analytics or yeah. uh, and, and yeah. study something or create like an actual experiment where they're going to then study the data and see if they can be replicated in somewhere else. That that's not free. And so, um, hopefully, there's methods that you guys have. Uh, it sounds like your your consulting service is a nonprofit. Is that how you guys have it organized? Technically, it's it's an S corp, but it's it's functions like a nonprofit. I mean, we you know it's like we're like raking in a ton, but um, Right. Yeah. I mean, what, what we do is we like we do a lot of like high level stuff that I think is second to none, and we're we're, we're getting too much like so many contracts that we don't really have to deal with them at this point. Like we're taking them all, mm. but oh, wow. um, with multiple states where we can kind of simulate, like okay, if you implement this policy, right? Take and, a page from KPMG. <laughs> you subcontract it out to wow. some recent college grads from Florida, and then you say, okay. 
after you guys are done with this, we have to say who gets the cannabis licenses in Illinois. Oh my God, that's really funny. Oh man, you guys have no idea how funny that is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no, no, no. It, it's been my life for the past three years. It's like, wait a minute, huh? Yeah. Wait, wait another minute. Wait. Oh man. Oh goodness. And so, like, I, I don't, I don't appreciate the policy that yeah. Illinois was trying to to uh, effectuate with their yeah. how they did it. And I really appreciate the policy more so with what, you know, New Mexico and New Jersey are doing. Uh, and then with with New York, it kind of reminds me of what Illinois is doing. And it's like some people just don't listen or mm -hmm. that's not it. They got something they're special and it's golden and they aren't giving it away to somebody else that they don't control. Yeah. Michael, when you guys are, are, are like helping with the policy, like creation, do you have access to like law enforcement records and like? You know shit that's going on comparison wise and law enforcement wise no we, we collect our own data on that uh, um, in our surveys like separate from our like state work and that's gonna right. help me keep that like i, I want to say like keep anyone accountable but we we like to keep our data like, at the big picture so we get a lot of data as a part of our contracts with states but we every quarter so like every two and a half months we're getting data of our own from every u.s state um regardless of whether it's legal or not and all sure that outcomes because so that we can have that sort of like um unbiased sort of third party perspective yeah. um, on crimes and expungement and things like that but law enforcement is often something i will say in our work with states where they are um they often don't really want to get too involved with it because they are in terms of like you know encouraging anything um it's usually pretty hands-off at least from the the cannabis control commission side of things oh um, sure understandably so yeah well i was just thinking because uh uh like like that person that Tom was talking about that you were trying to reach out to, right? The, that closed-minded. Like a lot of these people, it's either dollars or even like you can prove like, hey, this thing can fuck you just as much as it can fuck me, right? This this overall like judicial. We are kid that gets arrested. Yeah, you know, well, well just... you're a kid that gets arrested. I I know the judges and I also have the money, so yeah. I'll be able to get rid of their their problems. <laughs> if that doesn't make it. That that's not America. Like it's supposed to be equality before the law. I'm right. glad that you're able to do that for your kid, but think about everybody else. Right. You know. Yeah. hundred percent. So so uh, is there federal funding for you guys though? Like like Sam, can you can you figure out like tap into that? How Sam gets paid? Hundred percent. They figure out a grant for Uncle Sugar, and they they just put it through the right channel, and then money shows up from the feds. Oh, yeah, my guess yeah. is they get like random, random like rich white dudes that just like you know have some extra cash that they want to put in is to fund that. That's my guess, honestly. I could be wrong, but that's my hunch. I haven't looked into it at all, but that's like I think that's how some of these programs get funded. Um, but I will say for us, like we are in in you know discussions. We've had some really positive talks with federal agencies. Um, the folks that are like, I will say as much as this, that the folks that are actually running them, you know, like directing them yeah. are incredibly interested in working with us. There, I think there's some higher level political and funding issues where it's, it's, there's a lot of red tape still. And I, mm. you know, I'm not someone who's great. Like I, I, I'm not familiar with like the you know, politics of this kind of stuff. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm a researcher, but like, I can tell you that there's a lot of interest from folks in the government. It's just a matter of the, the folks controlling the funds and what, what yeah, you know. there's like one person who's got that closed minded, like, yep. whereas everybody's like, hey, we, you know, this, uh, it's fucking raining outside. We should wear an umbrella. You yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> but, you yeah, know? If, yeah. If anyone in the chain says no, right, it's kind of, it's, it's done so. That's yeah. Oh, right. that sucks, dude. And then it's a plant that's just, 
it's got greed with it and yeah. so like you know the people that are that anybody says no you can shut it down and that person who says no might be saying no because it's like this would be a beautiful cash flow for me and i've given you a lot of money mystery yeah. senator man and um that but th that's how america works i mean like if you read yeah. the illinois cannabis law it there's rent seeking behavior in it like that's mm -hmm. why biotrack thc is in there Right. They paid lobbyists to put themselves in. They didn't say it's seed to sales system that would have a relational database that would also qualify metric right. to like help uh, be competitive in, in yeah, the actual in world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so think you see that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with that. I think just like weird political machinations, you know, and I think one of the things I've been trying to focus on is getting rid of what we've been trying to focus on is kind of going, I say going after, but like, you know, being assertive about folks, either academic or non-academic, like markets saying stupid shit like that about cannabis that is just not evidence-based yeah. uh, based on their data. Because, you know, one Republican senator or two or three of them that read, you know, some post that gets blown yeah. up, that that can like, that can sort of a bill that could change everything, you know? And I think for, in for the public good in general, right? So like, I think a lot of that, it's kind of a, you know, death by a thousand cuts, I think on some of these things now, right? Like oh, just, yeah. um, but you know, the problem is it's, it's, it's a lot of these people don't give an F, right? Like, like it's oh, funny. Yeah. I, I think it's great that you laugh at the KPMG people, <laughs> right? Because this is the, the most blatant lack of transparency out there with oh, their, sure. how they figured out the, like, I'm not uh, a rocket scientist, right? And I've worked with some, like literally i've worked with rocket scientists because i've done missile system shit, right and 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 the thing is like the the math behind this it's not special accounting to figure out yeah what an equity should be and how a point system should work out to like you know everybody you're gonna cap out period and then you're you're, you're better off with just doing bingo balls right like yeah. fucking main did yeah. or whatever yeah but, well, hang on. Like with how Maine assigned it, especially in Kittery, that was a brute force lottery. You could have just bought all the ping pong balls. That's not equitable at all. No. And that's one of the reasons yeah. why, like with Random. New Mexico or New Jersey, uh, with New Jersey, it's the best example in the sense that they are granted priority through the processing speed. So they will be able to hit the market fastest, but then they still have to have all their paperwork in order and their, their capital lined up and they have to hit the regulation. So that, that allows them that first entry, but it doesn't guarantee them, uh -huh. um, you but know, Tom, a discrimination against out-of-state actors. You yeah. never saw Tom. Actually, you, Tom, you had a facing this way now. Tom, you you never oh. had a <laughs> you yeah. never you you had you had you had clients to involve with that fiasco, right? And so when sure. you when you got the paperwork back for the grading point system, right? There's there was no transparency. You didn't get that right? back. Huh? You didn't get, you didn't get back. that back. You don't so get you that never, back. But either way, you never got feedback. You never got like the transparency of this, right? I I literally think someone got paid, or either someone was really drunk one night and said, "Fuck it, we'll just." You like, think that's one reason why uh, somebody who applied once for a craft grower license got more than one license? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, right. I've, it happened. Biggest, biggest. I don't know why, but it happened. Yeah. And why isn't anybody flagging it? Why is it they have to redo the whole? Oh no, it's, it, the lawsuit's pending. It's going on. Yeah. yeah. But takes forever though what <laughs> happens and so that's one of the reasons why like we have a, a cannabis law and policy show where we explain the marijuana <laughs> law so that you can help change them and we talk about these tomfooleries now like it doesn't mean and you're in uh, uh massachusetts i believe right yeah that's where okay. i live yeah and so like that market may experience 
price fluctuations as it matures. Mm -hmm. That's happened before in Oklahoma and in Mass, not Massachusetts, Michigan. And Michigan. coming now to Massachusetts, we our guest last week was saying that the supply is getting pretty pretty good, so that the prices are going to come down really well, and it might be more difficult to be a grower in that state. Mm -hmm. uh, how is the supply, and can you get? a high quality eighth of cannabis for less than $35 in Massachusetts from a legal source where, you know, it's pure and, and clean and all that stuff. Well, it depends on high quality. <laughs> I didn't find yeah. that. You know, like, like what's the THC? Uh, well, it, it, it in the mid twenties, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. If you go, if you, if you walk in, if you walk in, yeah, that's that is about the price point that I think uh, the legacy market no longer really com can compete. The legacy market can only go as low as the product costs to make, uh, or as the product, pro uh, you know. And so once you get down like below thirty five dollars a retail level eighth, uh, I just think that is extremely difficult for the legacy market to succeed in that state. Yeah, there's usually like a twenty ish percent difference between where, where that. You know, in terms of twenty percent lower price, um, even if it's twenty percent higher for sorry for the regulated than illicit, right? It, people people are going to be pretty pretty down with the regulated market there. Um, so that's, that's we we work with states a lot on that actually, like the like willingness to pay the the kind of precise price points where you, they really need to push towards, you know, to try to get folks early in the you know implementation of adult use to get things moving because yeah. the first six months are like really important and if and there, there can be like multi-year kind of deficits in that if they don't get in quickly um in terms of getting folks turned like switch over shouldn't you uh be looking at oregon for like a model for that like as far as like uh mm -hmm. now, i mean there's still bad players that are uh, uh yeah. exporting but they're not selling it to local people because those local people are actually going to stores or to their their friend at grows right kind of, kind of like uh people who are butchers you know they can share each other's meat or whatever you know these people are sharing crows you know yeah, but, yeah. but there's no like no there's no one making you know profits anymore like it used to be like when i first met my my, my friend uh, johnny green in person uh they had a tub of weed it was like a i think it was like a hundred pounds in this <laughs> big ass walmart tub yeah. and uh, uh i thought it was the greatest thing but uh, uh the risk back then was worth it because people consume you could get rid of it locally and uh you know there was none of that state line shit. you didn't have to scare you know you weren't you just dealt with the local people you knew your your area and whatnot uh so i think oregon should be used as an example because you can buy hella cheap ounces of quality for, yeah. for that for that 30 40 dollars you know here in washington state we have we're not there yet we're not there to that point where uh i'm it's decent enough but and it's gotten better yeah. But it's not what Oregon is. And I think everybody keeps overlooking Oregon. You know, everyone's eyeball California. You know, Washington, Oregon and Tide, we're we're coming to 10 years. I think next week is our is our anniversary. I don't know, man. Cause like just the market reality, 40 bucks is what it is in Illinois. And that's yeah. if that's if you have vertical integration. So this the store that front you go to is owned by the grower. And then they're able to suppress their price because they can make it up from the wholesale and moving their crop. Uh, but then the um, they upsell or they upmark whatever their competitors, and so there'll be like a large price discrepancy. And you see that in, uh, in in our state. I'm assuming you'll see it in other states. But when I went to California or Washington State you, or even Michigan, you can get out the door 
with something very high quality for 35 bucks or less and you know well, this I'm stuff takes time to grow i mean like yeah I, I got some some seeds that I popped. Uh, they're almost two months old. I'd still veg them out for another month and then go for two months of flower and then you have to cure it. And so it takes six months to make the product, you know? I mean, isn't Oregon like $5 a gram right now? Like, isn't oh, that like... They have outdoor. And so they have like huge gluts. Yeah. Because like, yeah, it's not, it's oftentimes can be tough. I mean, it depends on like what... This brings up an interesting kind of point. It's like, what is a healthy industry situation slash like, you know, like, you know, government regulatory system here in terms of like, you know, like home grow, for example. So we get, we get a lot of people and much more so increasingly are, are saying they home grow a lot, right? Yeah. Like, totally cool. And like, from like my perspective, right? Like what we're thinking public health wise, like that seems like totally that makes sense. You know, but it could be really hard for governments to regulate and you get really different perspectives on whether people consider that sort of even if even if it's literally like within the law, like like at least generally like how people in the government sort of view that, right? It could be really tough to kind of so like you know, I think about Oregon where like, you know, oftentimes in terms of illicit, when that supply gets a little bit out of control, um, it can be really hard for illicit in terms of like the traditional measurement versus maybe it's not so bad right if you're thinking about just straight up like home grow and just kind of like general like legal use and and you know like cultivation right versus like you know re fully regulated if that makes sense so well, that mm -hmm. you know isn't the question what is regulation right like like yeah exactly like, like tom we talked about what was it uruguay right like yeah. Yeah. all this all this uh freedom but no no market or mexico even right now uh yeah. no market uh, but like here in, in Washington, you know, we don't have home grow just because it's not on the books, right? We I've seen we're trying to get yeah. this passed through. There's this verbatim. We try to just say, hey, look, allow X amount of plants. Is that regulated though? If you just say, hey, this is X amount allowed, right? Because yeah, yeah, that's I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're just saying now you're allowed to have it, but there's still no damn market, right? Like that's yeah. another thing too. There's another. People concerned that uh, home grow will eliminate uh, uh, this big business brewery bullshit is wrong. Yeah. It's just another market they're missing out on because exactly. growing good weeds hard, growing yeah, weeds easy. Six months, and then you got a, a huge supply of the same strain, so you get bored smoking it. Yeah. Uh, it, it so home grow, and we have medical home grow. They have medical home grow out on in Washington State too. Do they have any medical home grow? Or what's the home grow situation in Massachusetts? I think, I don't know off the top of my head, honestly. Because um, we, we ironically we don't do work with Massachusetts, but we've worked with like half the other states. Um, so I can't tell you, but most of the states we work with, yeah, allow like six to eight, six to nine plants, usually mm -hmm. is kind of the range. And so like, it's such an arbitrary, you know, but like, it is. I'm, it's a positive though that folks are copying and pasting that, right? There's a lot of stuff that's been copying yeah. and pasting that's not great. That's a good one, right? Because that's a lot of plants if you actually think about it, right? Like if you allow people that that's, and you know, it can get rid of 10% of the illicit market in some, in some states, like that's... Oh yeah, that's substantial. You know what's frustrating about policy? You know, when I when I compare how it used to be in Washington when it was medical, dude. Yeah. When I used to go to dispensaries, you know, first like like I said, it was like an underground club. You know, I got mm -hmm. my script. I got enough things wrong with my body. I can get a, a prescription, right? And you know, I'm just saying, you're, we think this is best. But uh, uh, there was a time where I could buy seeds and and clones and and walk home and and take them. And mm -hmm. and, and and we de-evolved. We went from, you know. 
we had lounges and I could buy clones and and, and, and do this thing every day yeah. to uh, fuck you. Unless you can get me $10 million, you can't play in this game. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we need about three more hours for that because that's, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, like a multi-state operator, you know, your MSOs right. and all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, um, you know, there's a, um, there's definitely a lot to say about promoting competitive um, small operators in the space. There's no doubt. Sure. I just think because you're part of policy creation, though, right? Like, and we talk about regulation. And, and I, I just think like, like Tom hates when I, I think because he's a lawyer who wants to he, he sees the business side of things and, and has everything section in it. But from yeah. the what I saw, which was like pure capitalism to like what yeah. we have now, which is like uh, a gamified system. Yeah. If we yeah. just, you know, lab regulation is it, you know, requiring people permits. Yes. Uh, uh, quantity amounts. Uh, uh, you're responsible for your own inventory. And, you know, like that's like in every other industry. Right. You know, that yeah. per, it's up to the person to, to be, you know, take ownership of whatever their their part is. But the price to join shouldn't be so high because these stupid barriers that they try to protect yourselves from yourself is, is not working. It hasn't been working. Yeah. So I will say there's some really cool tech that's coming, I think, down the pipeline. I don't know. Like my guess is going to take three to five years. But there's some really cool blockchain technology that's really kind of started. Um, where folks are going to be able to basically genetic test their plants and then like their seeds, excuse me, like right from the bat. And it's basically wow. the ultimate like God version of like track and trace, but except like an individual person like who owns their own little, little shop can do it. And wow. like all the way cultivation to point of sale. Um, and, you know, at any point you can test like quickly, like do a quick assay and like, know like, okay, like this is the plant and, you know, it would have all the potency and all that other stuff in it. And so I think there could be in the next three to five years, maybe even likely some really cool, like, uh, spreading of high technology kind of at low cost kind of for the people, if you will, um, that is just great for public health, great for markets, great for government everything i mean that'd be great for traceability right for for the for the regulated market but say uh i have a friend that grows or makes beer you know yeah. they're not uh, uh I, I can't sue him like he gives me a 12 pack and i'm like thank you this was delicious you know yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. and i get drunk and whatever that, yeah. that preventative maintenance that we keep doing is ridiculous right we're yeah. just yeah, yeah over yeah. the top i think for something that I've been consuming while we've been talking twice already before earlier and well after yeah. and still not die right. I mean, like, Are you serious? It's just uh, Are you serious? But that's that thing that, that it's yeah. been legal there for ten years. Legal. The tolerance is big. <laughs> yeah, I know that. No, I understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it's. Um, so I will say again, not to like turn turn the page here, but the cultural stuff with this is like. I think cannabis culture, both like, you know, loosely speaking for and against is so ingrained in so many aspects of society. It's, I mean, you could spend, you know, hundreds of years with, with all these different researchers and like still like, there's been some really interesting stuff actually, like it, as this relates to kind of what you're talking about, at least tangentially. So like folks have been done some really cool studies showing that when there's been, you know, studies saying, oh, like legalization is causing like negative public health outcomes there's actually some really cool stuff showing that like in the kind of the same context, it's actually more like these cultural attitudes that mm. have shifted, right? Like, like there's different generations, people are more like open and like, mm. like you know, so it's not that that's causing negative things. It's just like 
that's causing like more frequent use and then and then folks will assume that's necessarily like that's bad right yeah. and so like it's just there's a lot of cultural stuff here that's like really really hard to change and it's probably like hundreds of years old um at least oh yeah 100 percent. it's ingrained yep yeah that's that's the that's the real rub of it all is because they they've avoided it because it's been illegal so they have no understanding they have no frame of reference on on using the substance yeah. Uh, and that can create a lot of misconception because you have no practical knowledge. You have theoretical knowledge, which is mostly yeah. propaganda toward its negative uh, you know, impacts. And then you also have this huge criminal opprobrium that's just sitting there looming large over this, this flowering plant. Uh, yeah. uh, it's, it just sets up for continuing the perpetuation of the ignorance because why would you learn about this you just expose yourself to risk and harm yeah i think i think at the end of the day it's like how can you convince like you know you know the oldest whitest senator and most conservative senator in the republican yeah. party right now like how do you get them in like 20 words or less you know to go to, to at least stop and go like shit like that could be a really good point you know what i mean like mm -hmm. that like to even just stop and consider like that's that's where i feel like is where it's at right now and i think we're we're getting there like because there's really good market and health you know market and economic outcomes and then if you can see the public health is neutral ooh, you know maybe maybe that gets them over the edge next next time around you know like next two years from now i don't know have you seen the the last four years or whatever the you know the last presidency i think i've learned about the republicans is they're really into kink shame so if we can just you know what I'm saying? Like we got some toes step on a little, little mommy daddy issues going on out there that, uh, I mean, yeah, they all just wanted to hang with pants and he still is freaking not you know, denouncing the dude. Like, yeah, that, he, yeah, it's a party of cucks. I mean, I don't know what to say, but it's like, how do you get that mentality of like self hate? It's like, it's like Kanye. It's like, what is this? How do yeah. you change people's fucking like, what dude, do you not see here like outside the door box type like well so i mean the, the cool part is though like like the public opinions keep changing and and they keep yeah. going and when they keep getting to the point like there's that there's that middle ground of gray area where you know a conservative senator can say well yeah you know you guys think this like you know, this x percent of my constituency thinks that cannabis should be legal but it's not enough to like change me to like not get elected mm. like, you know in the next four years there could be serious numbers of seats that that shifts in you know and so we've we've been yeah. wanting to actually assess like literally for folks in like in these national surveys with like ten thousand people like you know how much like would like do you really care like is this your number one issue because that needs to happen for for this kind of to get shifted otherwise you know um these guys can kind of just say you know, these ladies can just say you know some lip service and then you know vote against it you know just weird that progressive is like a bad thing right like something that encourages us all to be forward and go to be a better thing and yet yeah. you know oh that's you... how marketing works you can <laughs> politicize Seriously. anything in this country and you can yeah. turn anything into a pejorative or a euphemism uh, yeah. it just takes enough pr and money uh, and then repeating that lie again and again, especially during oh, yeah. the news and again and then uh, uh, it, it changes I mean that's it's there's so many examples. Even adult use cannabis is by itself a euphemism for recreational yeah. marijuana. I know, I know, I know. Oh, I, yeah. I know. So yeah. you, like the branding aspect is yeah. just everywhere, especially in politics and especially in business. But yeah. um, that's why it, it takes so long to change.
because it's just ingrained. I mean, was it Nancy? Is it Nancy Mace? I want to say she's the one that. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So like that's 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 positive. Yeah. Positive. She's a Republican, and at least in you know in Congress at least, but um, with a very you know Republican sort of looking legalization. It may not be the ideal one by any means, but it's a good sign, right? It's a good signal. Well, we're all starting to think about this plant in the same way. It's kind of like how everybody should be thinking about marriage the same way, right? There's no gay marriage. There's no fucking straight marriage. It's just fucking marriage. It's just stuck marriage, legally yeah. with some fucker. Like, however, but yeah, tell that to the Mormons that believe in plural marriage. <laughs> what I'm saying, like, it's just not even like a, a a thing that infringes upon your personal being, right? Like, it's yeah, it's you do you, boo boo. But fucking, uh, yeah. that's it. Well, I mean, this stuff is shifting really generationally slash age you know culturally yeah. we want to like you know stew it up it's it's changing it's continuously changing i mean yeah, yeah 30 to 40 years of like year over year positive change so it's like you know and and maybe even arguably like a real spurt in the last five to ten years um you know so i'm hoping that you know in conjunction with some of these like you know banking bills coming up and that like kind of you know nice idea like maybe not the greatest or research bill that came out that that, that, that you know oh yeah you know, kind of like lip service bill, but it, I mean, it was cool. And, and, you know, it's at least progress, you know, it was yeah. somewhere. They did something standalone legislation to liberalize the plant and effectively call into question its schedule one status, because if it was literally schedule one, you never would have passed that bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, that was a weird, I don't even like, I, I could use your advice on that one. I was like, what, what does this really say? Like, I have no idea. Like I'm not, I'm Congress not has the ability to find the facts. Cool. And that's the weirdest part, because then if Congress can find the facts, they can find whatever the heck they want. You know, yeah. a ham sandwich is Tuesday. Congress <laughs> says so. They're trying to regulate ham. And then you're like, OK, this is insane. Yes. You know, and then you, you look at the cannabis laws and you can see the limit of Congress's power to yeah. say what the facts, the objective facts that we have to live with are as a matter of law. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, we are further than we were, but also uh, it's just weird that the drug war is going to be its own chapter in American history, right? Like, like fucking scheduling itself. Like how many other conversations do you have? Like, we're not fighting for heroin. I'm not trying to legalize meth. You know, this is right, 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 just right. thing there's, going on. <laughs> you know, there's so a lot. Like, yeah. 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 It just, there's more to it. Like, what the original scheduling goes right the whole thing should be reinterpreted now right at this point if we're re-examining yeah. it ah, break it down <laughs> well how about like you know psilocybin i mean yeah exactly like, dude the, the depression data on that is so overwhelmingly incredible like people don't understand like they took people who tried treatment after treatment after treatment it didn't work and then they gave them this thing with a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy you know assisted and we're talking one year later after treatment like noticeably large effect sizes for reductions in depression. Like that's, that's literally like miracle stuff. Like that's not like I had to like read, you know, several clinical trials before I was like, Oh my God. Cause like this can't be real, you know? And so it's, it's just crazy that this stuff is. But hippies like it, <laughs> <laughs> but you, we don't like them as a political thing. You know? And and that's, that's the problem because and then also mm. it's a schedule one substance. It's illegal. So, yeah. People are, by in their nature, typically risk-averse. Entrepreneurs, a little weird. They'll take risk. Uh, yeah. However, um, if you're a normal person who's risk-averse and you see that that may happen to you, 
if you get into the industry or if you try to go down that path, something wrong could happen. You can get busted. And then I, I would say that the the mushroom one is, um, you know, it, I haven't heard of anybody getting busted, but yeah. it's still but, very illegal. Like they, they haven't changed. The, they, at least they're starting to defund aspects of the marijuana laws. But I don't understand right. the um, where the status of the psilocybin laws are I, federally. I don't think it's moved at all. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's like it's not addictive. I mean, I got, I got something for you guys. So, uh, just like you know, cannabis, uh, you know, now it's recreational. Now we have actual um, rules and, and regulation and bullshit, right? And the thing is, though, before though, when it was medical, someone had to take the first store. Someone had to take the balls no. and, and open a store. And so uh, this article was in uh, OregonLive.com. Uh, uh, but check this out. Let's see. If, uh, here we go. Selling salivin isn't legal in Oregon, but a Portland shop is doing it anyway. Right? <laughs> this was December first, yeah. and uh, uh, so this, this, the, the 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 author she tweeted that saying, you know, I feel bad. I feel like a snitch, right? So yeah. my thing is though, she shouldn't feel like a snitch. First off, it's a brick and mortar store that like that's yeah. how we want, right? We want one day for everybody to go to Seven Eleven or whatever. But so then the following. Uh, two days of this one this is the line it goes around now because of this article two blocks so there's two blocks worth of people but i imagine like the store owner has some sort of policy right imagine they're like look 21 and over we're going to cry and cover our asses as much or whatever yeah. but the fact is someone opened a goddamn store is probably selling delicious chocolates that make you feel wonderful and mm -hmm. but the, the thing too about you're saying as far as like all this research being done we're just kind of proving what the hippies knew already, right? The, the stuff that people talked about, like a shaman and all this other stuff. Well, if you take this and have a little therapy, because one's not better, you know, but together it's the best. And uh, uh, yeah, but I just thought that was kind of cool that you brought up mushrooms. And I, did, I saw this article the other day about just someone opening a, there's a storefront. And then there's one in Canada too, I believe. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, selling, I don't know if they're actual pattern, but. Yeah, but I the know, license window doesn't open until january 2nd like they, they've broadcast this we've seen the regulations it's like you want to apply for this i guess you know uh, but it yeah. doesn't open until january 2nd yeah. yeah i mean i think honestly the biggest thing that the most common deficit in people's understanding i found it doesn't matter if it's like you know a government it's usually more like just everyday people um you know or politicians or even academics but it is really when um, folks don't understand how much sort of negative stuff might be happening and oftentimes maybe more stuff in these in illegal states. So for example, we have some data showing that in illegal states, people advertise illegal cannabis everywhere. And they're actually advertising it um, a lot, just as much to youth in illegal states as they are in legal states. Mm. And so people, that was a big issue for a lot of people. Oh, the youth are going to be exposed to all these ads and then they're going to go do it. And then everything back. Think of the children. Yeah. Think of the, please think of the children. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they're like you know they're going and they differentially in illegal states go after via digital and social media means advertising. So it's actually like even more nefarious, right? Like way more. Mm. Uh, so it's just a. I just again, that's the thing that people like always miss. They'll say, they'll assume that everyone uses you know legally, and then and then even if it's in a in a legal state, they'll forget that people use illicitly, and then when it's an illicit state, they'll forget that you know. Oh my god people use it like they do and like just because you can't you know a tree falls in the forest it still fell you know you may not have heard it but it fell and, and i think that's kind of the the issue 
Hey, this it's the- 20 past the hour, which means it's 4.20 somewhere, especially if you live in the central time zone. We're going to take a 10-second break. And we're back. Joining us is uh, Dr. Sophies. Is that how we pronounce the last name? Sophies, close enough. No so- all right, from the cannabis, cannabis public policy consulting uh, business, uh, what do you think is on tap for 2023 in the licensed cannabis policy realm? That's a good one. Um, my guess is, so obviously a lot of states that are, you know, about to come on board will come on board. You know, my hope is we'll get one or two more states with adult use. Um, I think will be you know federal banking will get passed um hopefully another sort of research oriented bill federally uh to kind of pave the ways is you know what i'm hoping maybe um you know something that just kind of um, pushes a bunch of different study efforts you know maybe uh, from various you know federal agencies or, or subcontractees what have you um you know, unfortunately, I'm not sure this next year by itself that is going to be anything game changing. I do think we're seeing trends where folks are starting to realize how important delivery is up, up front when implementing adult use. So I think mm. we'll see more of that um, with some of these states coming on board. But those are sort of the, I think, the top highlights that, that I would I would consider. Right on. Cool. Right on. Uh, what states are you involved in right now? Did you see that Nevada's doing the conception lounge? They just issued out those yeah. licenses. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Uh, yeah, we we, we uh, work with them on. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. What yeah, was your a- uh, input on that? Like, why? So, why would they reach out to you? Why would a state be like, "Yo, we need yeah. some uh, input on uh, uh, some weed stuff"? So, yeah, there's like kind of two parts of our shop. So, I actually am not involved in that particular one. That's my uh, co-director Mackenzie Slade. She runs kind of the policy consulting side so in other words if someone comes in and says look like, we have to get this from this consumption lounge thing going that's that's her like that's her jam right that's what okay she, you know other states like maine we've worked with is sort of a you know all in like i need to do the research and simulate what's going to happen and tell us like what to what might be the best way forward like simulate choices they can make to to, to make their market the best mm. and to you know create the best opportunities for folks kind of a thing um other states we've done that similarly um that's sort of more on the research side and where i kind of sit um but we do get some occasional contracts like that that are a little more policy focused like kind of by themselves okay yeah what cool so, but like when you input like the original policy, is it? Are you saying like all the way down to like vertical versus horizontal? Like, are you down to that level? No, we don't like we don't. Okay. So we don't like statute. Um, we more help the commission after things of the dust. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just curious. Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, uh, that would obviously be kind of like you know maybe in a few years. That's something that you know we'd love someone to give us the chance to do that because we have data on fifty states and like simulate yeah. what the best way to go about it is based on. You know, and as more data comes in, I mean, we're getting like uh, opt-in, opt-out stuff from every locality in the United okay. right now. So, like, we could really start to simulate soon, hmm. really nice. what that might look like. So, if someone if someone wants to pay us to do that, we will be more than willing. Because I mean, you're awesome, talking about man. okay, man. No, it's just I just think that's a wonderful usage of the data that it, it, we're getting, and so that with the experiment of legalization. 
we're getting data every year that goes by yeah. there's new data uh -huh. points and, and the data points so far are good yeah. and yeah. It, it, they really aren't bad and and after another few years i think that's when you're going to see this acceleration we're going to get and i think it's really the east coast coming online yep. and getting uh, illinois in like two more years where you're going to have that 35 dollar price point mm -hmm. and you're going to have 500 dispensaries and you're going to have 200 growers yep. uh, and that's enough to really support um you know the marketplace and then that price is just going to crash yep. and then you get that in the east coast as well which might take another three to four years because it's further behind than illinois yeah then i just don't see how you can sustain this any any longer especially if florida or texas gets involved yeah yeah it's tough i think one thing that's interesting is that the state like yeah i agree i think what's going to be interesting is when the price when the prices plummet well kind of like going back to the oregon well will operators complain because they're not say they're not getting profits it's one thing i i I'm a little concerned about. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm off on that, but I know there's a lot of chat about that, and it's a t it's a tough situation, right? Like when well, the prices go down so quickly, like generally it's really good, right? But like, yeah, is you know where's that like sweet spot? I don't know. I think though, isn't that what capitalism is about though? The fair market, as far as like these guys are crying about like the price dropping, but yo, that's your bad for not anticipating this oh, yeah. explosion, and then not just that. I mean. Everybody thinks this is a golden ticket. It was a golden ticket at one time, right? If you're a medical state, maybe if you're in Oklahoma and you still got maybe 100,000 less. Yeah. But everybody else is like millions. But, you know, what I, I can't even, Arkansas is finally going to kind of decrim. So maybe that'd be a good opportunity to, mm -hmm. to, to make your millions. But uh, you have to live in Arkansas. <laughs> you usually have to be, I mean, I like these micro license business yeah. types that you're seeing because then that recaptures the retail um, uh, price point. So that's really the only way that I think you can do it is if you have your own grow and then your own yeah. desk to sell it at. Otherwise, it's just going to, I mean, like having the, the license to sell it, that might be good for 10 years. And then walmart's going to get that license there'll be more licenses there'll be liberalizations of this as people come to understand that it's just a plant yeah and we yes, were regulating it like i mean as the lie is like if you're inside the industry you already understand the lie but it's catching up to everybody else and so like in another decade i have boy the price might be really really low but then you got you're gonna have to give input costs on it and then yeah. also you have prices that it, people have been used to paying it's not like because of prohibition ending beer magically became free <laughs> it cost money to make that product and so yeah. just because of prohibition's ending for cannabis it's not going to magically become free you still have to grow the product you have to test the product so that it's pure and the, or you have to process or manufacture the product and you have to package it so it's compliant with you know, food safety laws right that, that costs money yeah yeah i mean I, I completely agree with you like i think i think that's overall it's a really positive thing if that's if that's that's what we're seeing is these, these prices decreasing um and i think yeah it'll continue to happen it's going to continue to hopefully incite other states to start to legalize realizing that they're they're losing out on this tax revenue yeah um, you know well and hurt your citizens and, and your, your your bottom dollar diverting from real yeah. crime you know exactly. uh, I think it's silly here in, in Seattle. The cops can't smoke. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in or I think it's they're not, or in Colorado, they're allowed to smoke. I think the statewide. Interesting. Really? 
Yeah. I didn't know that. That's that's fascinating, actually. So, I mean, and again, this is a, a, a prohibition, how it affects judicial. I mean, this is a multi, uh, uh, this plant, sometimes to wrap your head around it, like, see, I, I work in, in tech. So, and I think you as uh, some of the masters, uh, and then Tom as a lawyer, you can wrap your head around complicated, you know, issues, right? Here's this judicial, social, societal, industrial, uh, uh, health, uh, 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 wellness, uh, recreational, uh, plant textile that could be and and then and, and, you know if, if the government really liked us they would have uh you know made it legal but no <laughs> no they don't like you they just see you as something they can use i just saying, if, they, if know, they're there for us yeah they told, me, they told me they didn't like you too yeah yeah right. it, it, it's exactly i mean I, I the irs that's pretty much every letter that i get from them it's like where's my money i don't like you and i'm like i'm paying it i'm paying it. i'm working really hard to give you your money mr uncle sam uh, uh okay so what else should we touch on before we wrap up do you think oh geez um i guess let me think here um so one of the things I, yeah, I just want to go back to like the, and this is like such a cliche, but like uh, just encouraging people to kind of like go to Google Scholar and type type stuff in and read for themselves. And, mm. and but also be like, you know what I mean? And be, but be skeptical of that there is still a lot of bias. Like academics can be, scientists like myself can be really biased though. Um, and so it, oftentimes these like abstracts, like these little summaries, right? Of like 200 words, they tell you basically like all the main points and like results, implications of the studies. And there's a, and, and if you look, there's even ones called like a meta analysis or like a systematic review, type in that like systematic review, know whatever the topic is, could be like cannabis and cancer or whatever. And oftentimes that's like the best way to actually get like quickly the mm -hmm. real like data. Like, um, this is actually like what, like, so like they combine like 50 studies and in 50 studies, these are the effects they show. And like, it, it, I think for most of your, you know, listeners, they'd be able to actually probably do that pretty easily and, and be able to summarize that pretty easily in, you know, in their own head, um, mm -hmm. rapidly. So no, I use Google scholar for legal research all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. And then, um, from that. You can, you can pick any case that you have, and so you can really quickly cross-reference it, understand it, take it apart. That and Law Insider I use as well, nice. which yeah. is, you know, they just scrape the Edgar database from the SEC. Every freaking, if you have to file it with the SEC, you're a big company. Mm -hmm. So any big company's real contract you want to see, you can find. For example, I found Berner's um, IP licensing agreement for cookies. You can file it with Edgar. Yeah, and so it's going to be one of the webinars we do, but um, oh, cool. I'm trying to not get a lot of business between now and when the new office opens Yeah, in a couple of months because I have to move out of this place and then I'll be reporting live from a bunker. <laughs> <laughs> in my basement. Nice. No, that's been cool. Great, All right, so yeah. people can reach out and find you over at uh, cannabispublicpolicyconsulting.com. You got it. Cool, nice. man. Thanks for joining us, dude. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it.
I really appreciate it as well. And all the members that joined uh, and tuned in, you know, we really appreciate you and all the, the listeners and the watchers that tune in. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you really want to make our corporate overlords of Google really, really happy, you're going to stay tuned for the next video, which will be starting in a few seconds. Let's just start doing a small countdown. Three, two, one second. <laughs>